Seltzer Kings Podcasts. Hey, are you into werewolves, mad sciences, and a little bit of witchcraft? Then stay tuned for an all-new episode of Watch Corner. We're riding this train straight into the sun. Woo! Tune in to a classic episode of Watts Corner on the Seltzer Kings Network. Available on all podcast platforms. The following podcast contains... Other trucker that hurt like a butt cheek on a stick. Explicit language. Hello and welcome to the podcast that asks a simple question. America. What the hell were you thinking? I'm your host, Dave Bledsoe, and this is a Friday, November 11th, 2016, What Did You Do, Ray? edition of the show where we talk about the form the traveler has taken. Stay tuned. The What the Hell Were You Thinking podcast is brought to you by Sadaway, a powerful new antidepressant guaranteed to make all the pain go away. A powerful blend of SSRIs, diazepam derivatives, and psilocybin, Sadaway will wipe your brain clear of all your negative thoughts. Not to mention most of the rest of them. Just one twice-daily tablet will erase your memories, your anxieties, and a few hundred thousand neurons. You probably didn't need them anyway. Sadaway! You may still be depressed as shit, but you won't care. Brighten up your day with Sadaway. Sadaway is not approved by the FDA. It doesn't matter since Trump will be shutting that down soon. Only you and your dealer can decide if Sadaway is right for you. Sadaway is not liable for any damages incurred while tripping balls. See your dealer for details. The choice is made. Whoa, oh, oh, whoa! The traveler has come. Nobody choose anything! Did you choose anything? No. Did you? The line is totally blank. I didn't choose anything! I couldn't help it. It just popped in there. What? What just popped in there? I, I, I tried to think. Look! No! It can't be. What is it? It can't be. What did you do, Ray? Oh, shit. I began writing the script Wednesday afternoon just as the shock was wearing off. I sat with my friends on Tuesday nights as the polls were closing, and we talked about the historic day we would have on Wednesday when we woke to the first woman elected president of the United States. You really fucked up my boyfriend. Yeah, that was, yeah. Later on that night, I sat with other friends as the votes were being counted, all the while really reassuring them that it was early. We hadn't touched the blue firewall. We still had this. I was the voice of reason, the voice of stability, telling everyone to remain calm. All is well. And then sometime right around midnight... I just went silent. And there was much rejoicing. I turned off the lights. I went to bed, still hoping maybe it would be some kind of miracle when I woke up on Wednesday morning. Instead, I woke up to find. This is the darkest, most terrible timeline. Now, I know I'd been telling everyone that there wasn't going to be a show this week. I've got best of shows loaded up. All I had to do was click publish and take some time off to recover. Sadly, our country is not going to recover. It's dead. It's cold on that corner slabby thing. And it's time to do like Quincy and cut that bitch open and see what fucking killed it. Gentlemen, 
We're about to enter the fascinating sphere of police work, the world of forensic medicine. This is a show about apportioning blame, and there's a lot of blame to go around. Let me begin by handing out this fucking award, because this, this thing that has happened is the last best fuck you, America, from a generation that has used this country as a toilet, an ashtray, an ATM, a whorehouse, a drug dealer, a money laundry, a jizz rag, a coke spoon, daddy's wallet, a high-end call girl, handicapped parking spaces when you ain't fucking handicapped, strip mall investment property, low-rent apartments so you can play slumlord, and a high-end retirement home so you can suck up the last of your money on scented oil massages complete with a happy ending, all from an unwilling agent masseuse who thought she was coming for America for a better life. The baby boomers. Whiny, narcissistic, self-indulgent people with a simple philosophy. Give me it, it's mine! <laughs> Give me that, it's mine! These people were given everything. And now they've given the final gift that'll just burn it all down. But, like I said, there's plenty of blame to go around, so let me move on to the next thing that has fucked up America. Well, that would be... me. Oh, yes, pod friends. I'm gonna start right here with the dude behind the microphone. Now, before you think I've gone off my nut from the shock and grief, I'm using me as a stand-in for a lot of good Democrat voters. We screwed that pig like a prime minister. You need help. You need professional help. Speaking for myself, I was an ardent Hillary supporter from the word go, and I don't apologize for standing up for the candidate I felt was best qualified to be president. But you see, this was not a campaign about who would make the best president. This was a campaign about who would be the best candidate. And that person was not Hillary. I saw it early on, I should have saw it early on, when Bernie was drawing these huge crowds of young progressives and old hippies to his rallies and talking about a platform of sweeping liberal change. And do you know what I said? If you heard the shows, you do, but I, I guess I'm just going to summarize my act reaction thusly. <laughs> Ooh, no one's going to vote for him. He's a socialist. Reality check. I think there's a certain announcement that needs to be made. Yeah, that the announcement was, I'm an asshole. Now, maybe Bernie would have been slaughtered in the general. There was polling that said he would be incredibly com competitive against it. But I decided, and again using me as a generic centrist Democrat, there was no way a 70-year-old socialist from Vermont stood a chance against generic Republican who would eventually take the nomination. After all, there was no way in hell that it could ever win the GOP nomination. You poor simple fools. Maybe I got old. Maybe I got soft with my good job, a little place of my own, and enough money to get my bottle of Jameson on Friday night, and I forgot that I was supposed to be the people that dream big. Either way, I looked at Sanders, I rolled my eyes, and shouted down everyone who said, hey, hey, maybe, with, I know Americans and they never would. So you see, this was my fault. Next, you really gotta blame Bernie Sanders. Relax. Put those pitchforks down and hear me out. 
Bernie ran one hell of a primary. Logically, from my point of view, he should never have gotten anywhere near winning the primary, but he damn near did. Do you know why he didn't? Black folks. What? What about black people? Bernie could never connect with them. And honestly, I I don't think he tried that hard. Because B-Man believed his message about class was colorblind. And it probably was. But after all, his plan was going to raise everybody. No matter what color their skin. And I don't claim to speak for black people. Edward, that is the best idea you have had. But I suspect they heard Bernie supporters, most of whom were young white dudes and kind of felt like that those young white dudes weren't talking about black people. I would say that was a logical assumption, Captain. Fusion wrote a good article about this back in July of this year that I will include in the show notes, and I think it it might have even referenced it back when it came out, but simply put, Bernie's campaign didn't do much of anything to reach out to African-American voters, and that's why they lost, because African-American voters are the Democratic base. Bernie might well be president-elect right now if he had simply listened to black people and acted like he cared. It's what Democrats have been doing for generations. But he didn't, so this is his fuck up. Next, we gotta get on the parties. Both of them. Face it, the GOP could have stopped that thing once they had the chance. They didn't. They decided to see where he's going with this. And apparently where he was going was over a cliff in a flaming ball of wreckage. We all thought that flaming ball of wreckage would be the Republican Party, but we, the Democrats, too, were wrong, and now it is we, the Democrats, who are pinned beneath the car just as a gas tank exploded. The Democrats, on the other hand, saw, oh, fuck, you know, we wanted him, too. We wanted him bad. The party looked at it and said, You know what? I think I can take it. And then they charged out like Sir Boars in front of the cave of Kyra Banor. Manky Scott's git, I'm warning you. What's he do? Nibble your bum? He's got huge sharp. He can leap about. Look at the bones. Go on, Boars, chop his head off. Right. Sadly for America, we do not have a holy hand grenade of Antioch to save us. How did two political parties fuck up so badly? How much money and brain power went into this election to have the voters look at what they offer, shrug, and flush the country down the shitter? The GOP at first didn't think it would happen, and then they thought they could control it, and finally, when they realized they couldn't, they peed, rode over, and showed their belly. And the Democrats ignored the message of Bernie Sanders because we had settled on a candidate for 2016 about six seconds after the 2008 primary, and it was the once and future Hillary Clinton. Oh, God, Hillary, where do I even begin? Yeah, it's just a lot to process. Let me start here. The narrative that Hillary Clinton is corrupt, it's just bullshit, alright? I'm sorry, it is. Vox's Matthew Iglesias drove a stake in the heart of that story the weekend before the election when he summed up the insanity around this conception. But God damned if Hillary didn't fuck herself by always ducking around the problem. The fundamental flaw of Hillary Clinton as a politician is her inability to communicate with journalists. Now, she's got good reason, because as a rule, journalists have treated her like a frat house flashlight. Okay, uh, I'm gonna stop you right there. 
Yeah, that's a good point. That's not going to lead anywhere productive at all. What I'm trying to say here is that the media in general treated her really badly. They used her for hype and ratings and never really cared to get the truth of their stories. And I wouldn't trust them either. But if you're running for president, maybe you cultivate some journalist. I mean, think about how President Bartlett used to sit and talk with Danny Kincannon on the campaign trail. And sure, Danny wasn't going to give him a free ride once he got to the White House, but he always gave the administration the benefit of the doubt because they had a relationship and not just because he had you know a crush on cj jesus this podcast what is happening to it hillary had a myriad of flaws a ton of baggage a troubled relationship with the media at the same time she's hyper competent laser focused on governing and committed to making change any way she could she cultivated relationships and some of those relationships were with the people the left hated Big banks in particular. Why would she do this? That's where the money is. Because it turns out you need that to get elected. Or, you know, so we thought. She also cultivated relationships with people on the right hated. Why? Well, gee, that's where the fucking voters that she wanted to appeal to are. She was so busy making relationships that would help her govern, she kind of blew past the part where she actually, you know, got fucking elected. If she had maybe focused a little bit more on running for office instead of what she would do when she got there, the narrative wouldn't be about a secretive, manipulative, cold-hearted, shoeish bitch who's a warmongering Wall Street shill. We might have seen the compassionate, intellectual, deeply committed person she actually is. A progressive committed committed to change that helps people. And if she has to compromise to get there, then that's what she does. She didn't, so she lost. And that is her fuck up. Which brings us now to the people that completely failed to report accurately on this entire shit show. What we fondly like to call... The media. Oh shit, Mike Wallace, run! Over the next couple of weeks, you're going to witness something incredibly amazing. Something we've never seen before. A cannibalistic feeding frenzy that makes The Walking Dead seem like Sesame Street. Uh, somebody off Big Bird, man. And here's the problem. It sounds like it was Elmo. In editorial meetings around the country, people are looking into the abyss and seeing their own fate staring back at them. When it comes to the people at the cable networks, all I have to say is it couldn't happen to a better bunch of people. It was good for cable TV because they and their audience found him incredibly entertaining. Now when it is standing bloody above the corpse of American democracy and it's shouting... Are you not entertained? The arena masters are suddenly silent while the mob cheers on. And I'm not even talking about Fox News. I mean, a couple of those fuckers actually stood up to it. A few times, at least. Jesus, Megyn Kelly is basically the moral voice of the network, and it hates Megyn Kelly. But the big three networks, and most definitely CNN, treated that thing as though it were the star of a money-making machine. And oh, pod friends, it was. They never took that thing seriously, never treated it like a candidate for president, even when that thing clearly was. They hired its 
fucking campaign manager, for fuck's sake, and let him on air as though he wasn't anything more than the paid fucking shill he was. Honestly, if you want someone to blame for the fall of American democracy, drag Jeff Zucker screaming to the guillotine, or hey, just throw him in the mob and let this... And they rip him to shreds and I guess cut off his head. According to Pew Research, 57% of the American people still get their news from television. Fox has the highest ratings, but this is because the kind of people who watch Fox News watch a lot of Fox News. But when shit actually happens, where do people turn? This is CNN. The completely not news network is thinly veiled entertainment, more concerned with giving you spectacle than information. The bullshit of false equivalence by which they hide their patent apathy towards truth and integrity gave us the current shit show we, we will live with for the foreseeable future. And what is infuriating is we had some incredible journalists covering the campaign for the print and their media and their online counterparts. The Washington Post, and eventually the New York Times, oh, they were fucking slow on the uptake and spent a lot of time covering Hillary's faux scandals, put out some amazing works towards the close of the campaign. David Fahrenholt alone, dude, that guy should go into some kind of protective custody or something because that thing will be sending his ass to the camps as soon as they open. And I personally hope they're in the same camp because he really seems like an awesome guy. But none of that mattered because while roughly the same percentage of people combined got their news from print and online journalism, that percentage is concentrated heavily in the 18 to 49 demographic and largely concentrated in places that voted overwhelmingly for Clinton, not in the part of America we coastal elites lovingly call the flyover. Fuck you, flyover. And that Pew study I'm quoting from just now didn't take into account the Facebook effect. Because in a different Pew study, that's the one that addressed the Facebook effect. The study found that of the percentage of people surveyed that got their news online, which matches up roughly to the previous study, that they found that the people who got their news online, they got it from just one website, and that was overwhelmingly Facebook. Have you seen the news on Facebook? You have, probably. You just didn't know it was news. It was something someone you know on Facebook posted and it was filtered through the algorithm tailored to your individual taste. Your news is now actually given to you by the Serious Cybernetics Corporation. A bunch of mindless jerks who'll be the first against the wall when the revolution comes. So you are getting information that is almost but not entirely unlike news. If you have enjoyed the experience of this drink, why not share it with your friends? Because I want to keep them. Facebook will happily tell you it's not a media company. They're a technology company. Their product is not the news you consume, but the platform on which you consume it. This is like McDonald's telling you they're not a fast food restaurant, but a building that houses fast food. Therefore, they're not responsible for the shit you're shoveling down your throat. They only provide a place to keep your shovels. True, no one forces you to read the shitty facsimile of news Facebook provides you, but Facebook still makes it cheap 
easy and on every corner, just like Mickey D's. And allow me to take the greasy congealed blob of Erzat's food metaphor just one step further. You eat it because it tastes good. The news you consume on Facebook tastes good. Feels good, looks good because it is exactly what you want to see. The algorithm shows you what you want to see and hear because that makes it easy to sell you shit. If you are a liberal, you only read liberal, liberal news. If you're conservative, you only read conservative news. And if you're an Alex Jones Infowars conspiracy hard, you are really in luck because there's a lot out there for you to fucking dip your McNugget in. This is pure snow! It's everywhere! Because most of what you read on Facebook is fucking fake, and fake news drove idiots out to the polls for that thing, and idiots are, let's face it, a major driving force behind its candidacy. Don't worry, folks, I'm gonna get there. Because if they never read any contradictory information, because they got their news from Fox and Facebook, they were never challenged to think about its candidacy. Now, some people got up in arms about Russia's influence on the election, but that's nothing compared to Macedonia's. Not since Alexander the Great. I have no idea. I've never heard of him. Never mind, it's not important. Many of these fake news sites are for some reason based in Macedonia, where they make real money churning out stories that have only names in common with reality. It's a show in and of itself, and this was actually the show I planned on doing when I came back from hiatus. That, yeah, that's not gonna happen. And I don't blame the people on the right. You, my dear liberal friends, you too share the shame bullshit on my feed from websites so blatantly wrong it shames me to see people I thought had a brain in their heads linking towards. We have it because we don't have good journalism, and when we don't have good journalism, we don't have good voters, which brings me to the voters, and that is the final piece of shit in our puzzle today. At the end of the day, the decision came down to the voters. And you can blame the Electoral College, and since Hillary is up by like a couple of million votes in the popular vote, you should blame the Electoral College. You can blame the media, the parties, blame our reptilian overlords, but in the end, it comes down to the people of the United States. And slightly more than half of the voters who turned out to vote decided they didn't want a racist, misogynist, demagogue, sex offender, utterly unqualified to be alderman in East Frogfuck, Mississippi, anywhere near the White House, and sadly, they didn't live in the right places to make a difference. And about 47% of the same people in the United States who did show up to vote were just fine, indeed, somewhat very enthusiastic about racism and misogyny. They wanted an authoritarian leader who would make America hate again. And they lived in the right places with the right numbers to make that happen. I'm going to quote from an article in Politico on Thursday. No, that thing, I, I put the part about that thing in, is now president-elect because his relentless, sometimes manic salesman's pitch was able to pluck a string with America's that, that no poll ever really managed to capture. 
the perpetual belief that a new character with a new story could deliver them something nobody else could, whether a trade victory over China or a wall against Mexicans or a return to the vision of America that seemed to be vanishing for good. And the more he cut loose, the more the media covered him and the more people he reached. It was a get-rich-quick scheme, a pyramid scam. A hot new way to lose 20 pounds fast. In the end, he really didn't win because most Americans were racist, although we all are. He won because most Americans, or at least 26% of them, are dumb. They have no concept of hard solutions. They want it. They want it now. And if someone comes along with a good sales pitch, they are going to buy it. We have that thing for the same reason we had pet rocks, light-up shoes, the shake weight. Americans are fuckwads. They are fuckwads and awful people, but even they are not the ones who really fucked it all up. Do you want to know who really is to blame for having it in the White House? The fuckers who couldn't be bothered to show up. According to the Elections Project, there are 231 million eligible voters in the United States. And this year's estimated turnout was about 129 million-ish. 100 million Americans didn't even bother to show up for it. I, I don't know. I had, I had to pick up some stuff. A lot of people smarter than me are going to spend the next month or so writing intelligent things about what happened this election. But the real story of why that thing won is a hundred and million Americans who were too busy or convinced that their vote doesn't matter. And maybe there's a little justification for that last one. And look, I know I'm being not a little hypocritical here because I sure as fuck has set out elections before. And yes, the media fucked this up by not making it out to be the most important vote of their lifetimes because they treated that thing as just another candidate. And yes, we built a structure that makes it incredibly inconvenient to vote because if you make it easy to vote, then the wrong people might vote. And you know, the wrong people are right. The people who might vote against you. Shit, it's possible if we'd made it easier to vote that that thing might have won by bigger margins because you don't really know how many racist fucktards there are out there. We don't know. We can't know because the parties and the people don't really care to know. So these folks, eh, they just stay home. And that is why this happened. A lot of people just didn't give a fuck and they stayed home. Last night... Thousands of people took to the streets in major cities to protest the election of that thing. And watching them this morning, I couldn't help but wonder, especially knowing what I know about the youth turnout out for the elections, how many of them didn't even bother to show up at the polls on Tuesday? How many angry liberals and progressives would much rather march to complain about the outcome than participate in the process? No, no, i tell you what I say, it sounds like work. Yeah, it is work. It's a pain in the fucking ass to get out there, stand in line, and cast your vote. It's easier to just 
get mad when you don't like the outcome. But all the marches, the rallies, the signs, and the protests mean jack and shit unless you are ready to back it up with your goddamn vote. Apathy might have just killed America because, you know what? It's what? It's our national disease. We deserve to die from apathy. If our democracy goes tomorrow, it will die like a baby in a hot car. Slowly and painfully because we were too fucking busy staring at our phones to even know or remember that we'd put it in there in the first place. There's going to be a lot of blame parceled out over the coming weeks. Think pieces will be written by better writers than me. I'm just a drunk guy sitting in the dark with a bottle of Jameson's and a microphone talking to a couple of hundred people who listen to me in a week. I I said last week that I started this podcast as a joke. It was a goof. I wanted to blow off a little steam. But it went political as I watched with horror the rise of a thing amenical to the Constitution. And it went through the ranks of a party I loathe. And it was funny. So I started making jokes about it. Then I got mad. Then I got desperate. And then I went out and voted against him thinking all the while enough people felt the same way. And I was wrong. That thing is going to the White House and it's as much my fault as it is anyone's. We all made mistakes. We all have to pay the price. But sadly, the price I pay is nowhere near the price the poor, the minorities, the immigrants, the women, gays, and Muslims will pay in the new orange America. A lot of people who think like me threaten to leave. You're going to hear that a lot. But me, I'm fucking staying. I served in the military. I stood up for a country I believed in once before, and fuck me if I'm running now. So you will hear a slurred, angry voice in the dark, shouting in anger, trying to wake up the sleeping giant that is the good people of America so we can take my country back. Fuck Trump. Fuck his people. We're going to make America think again. This is the voice of Radio Free Day, broadcasting to you live from the New York City safe zone. The chair is against the wall. John has a big mustache. That is it for our show this week. Fuck, we were supposed to be on vacation. I never thought we'd be doing this. I didn't want to do this shit for four more years of fighting the good fight. I I thought I was going to do a little Colbert thing. It might have been fun. Inasmuch as you know that a low-rated podcast can be like Colbert or even actually fight a good fight. If this week was our funerary show, our dirge for the dead next week is when we talk about how we fight back. We're not going to be with signs and chants because fuck me if I am ever yelling mic check into a crowd that smells like pot and patchouli. Two smells that I honest to God cannot stand. How did I become a liberal? Why am I not a Trump supporter? Next week, we are going to talk about dealing with the hate. And let us dispense once and for all with the idea that an awful lot of white people voted their skin, not their conscience. We're going to get on our right-wing media. I'm sort of going to be the anti-Bob Garfield. Uh, Actually, Bob is kind of even angrier than I am right now. 
God, listen to Onda Media from NY from WNYC. If you have stories about hate that happened to you or anyone you know, send it to me. We want to talk about it because we are looking for your voices, your righteous anger and furious vengeance on those who would oppose your brother. Reach out to us seriously at the hell pod at what the hell podcast at gmail.com or the listener line at 347-687-9601. Tell us your stories of grief and fear. We are stronger together even if that wasn't strong enough to stop that thing. Now, more than ever, we need your ratings and reviews. It was fun and games before, but fuck me if I am going to just let it ride now. Let's get people pissed, and I can think of nothing more than that pisses people off than me. God, I pissed off my parents and my friends. Come on. How you want to get people angry? I'm your guy. If you want to be even more pissed, you can follow the show on Twitter at the hell underscore podcast, on Facebook at the show name, all of the shows are on SoundCloud at the show name, and at www.whatthehellpodcast.com. For me, the fired up and angry producer Gavin and all the other fictional people on this show, we want to say, you know what, no, fuck, I'm not even going to try and work it in. Let's just play our new anthem. Some of those that work forces 
Seltzer Kings Podcasts